0: You know, what was what what was what is the toughest thing about Christmas when you were a kid, you know? You think about what was the toughest thing. If you're like most kids, it was probably waiting, right? I mean, waiting for Christmas was always really hard, you know, um, you know, you make your requests, you hope you get what you're going you know, to you're asking for and waiting for and then then you got to wait. And um you know, if you're in my house and, you know, it's like the edges of your present, you know, the, the thing got torn a little bit because you're kind of peeking in, right? You know, you're kind of peeking into the corner. And then when you shake them and they don't make any noise and they're kind of soft, and your kid, what are you thinking? That's clothes, right? Like, oh, clothes, right? <laughs> and then sometimes your parents got extra crafty and they do like a double layer of wrapping so you can't like, peek in and all that, but you know, it's the hardest thing, waiting for Christmas, and here's some actual Christmas letters to Santa from kids, uh, dear Santa, when you come to my house, there will be cookies for you, but if you're really hungry, you can use our phone and order a pizza to go, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty, a pretty cool kid, dear Santa, I want a puppy, I want a playhouse, thank you, I've been good, I've been good most of the time, sometimes I'm wild, You know, yours truly, Vern Morikhan. No, I'm just kidding. (coughs) Dear Santa from a four-year-old, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good this year. You know, that's honesty. You got to give him credit for honesty on that one, right? And then Dear Santa, I'm not going to ask for a lot. Here's my list. The Etch-A-Sketch animator, two packs of number two pencils, Crayola fat markers, and a big gift, my own color television. Well, maybe you can drop the pencils. I don't want to be really selfish, you know. (laughs) But, you know, waiting's been tough. You know, waiting's tough on kids. But, you know, waiting's kind of in general. In general, for all of us, waiting's not the easiest thing, you know. I've been waiting for days until my daughter, uh, Michelle, um, comes home from Los Angeles on her internship. Supposed to be back today, 5.05 via United Airlines, but... uh, About a week and a half ago, she calls and says, you know, there's a big deadline for the project she's working on. They asked her if she can stay a a few days longer, and uh, she said, um, is it okay? So she's coming home now on um, Christmas Eve at 2.03 p.m. (laughs) uh, via United, and so, you know, my waiting goes on, you know, it's just um, one of those things, you know. And then she, you know, she, she texts and she says, um oh, and I really got to talk to you guys tonight. I go, oh, no. You know, so what does that mean? You know, what's his name? You know, something, right? <clears throat> anyway, we find out, we talk, and we find out that the way things work out with her last semester of school here and all that, that um, <clears throat> she said, you know, they, they offered, and I was kind of asking God, God, give me some direction. Threw out a fleece, and they offered, you know, and, and so she's going to go back up January to April now, and uh, could be worse, you know. But actually, I'm really excited. Um, I, I think it'd be a really, really good experience for her. Uh, another place she thought about going was Singapore, so this is a lot better than Singapore. <clears throat> but, you know, got to wait some to December 24th, 2.03 p.m., United Airlines, gate one. I don't know what gate. But what are you waiting for this Christmas? You know what are you waiting for? What are you hoping to receive? Are you looking forward to anything uh, special this Christmas? Well, in the book of Act, I mean, in the book of Luke, we come across these two people, and and they, you know, they make their appearance there in Luke chapter two, and it's the final act of the um, Christmas story, the first Christmas, and uh, a man named Simeon, a woman named Anna, and they've been waiting. You know, they've been waiting. Um, they, uh, you won't see them on any, on any nativity scene. You probably won't see them on Christmas cards or anything like that. But, but they're significant in the, the story of this first Christmas. And they were living in this time where um, <clears throat> it's been hundreds of years now. And they're waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And they haven't heard not very much. There have been no prophets that have come on the scene. And, and, you know, they're kind of wondering. And generations have come and gone, and, yeah, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the Messiah. No Messiah, no word from God, it seems. And, and it was this really tough time, you know. And, and for a lot of people, they stopped, they stopped waiting. They kind of gave up. And, um, you know, it kind of became like folklore, maybe. It's like, well, yeah, there was supposed to be this Messiah. You know, our great-great-grandparents talked about and all this. Well, Simeon and Anna, <clears throat> they continue to have faith, and they continue to wait for the promised Messiah. And, uh, you know, there's some things there in, the, in their story that I believe is really going to speak to our hearts this morning, because I believe that you're here for a reason. I mean, it's more than just, well, we've got to go to church for Christmas, you know, all these kind of things. I think you're here for a reason and a purpose. And I think God works things out these ways. You know, there are no accidents with God. And I believe you're here for a reason. And if you would open your hearts and open your minds to what God might want to speak to you this morning, I believe God's going to speak to you person to person, heart to heart. And he's going to use the story of these two people, of Simeon and Anna, who've been waiting for a long time. They weren't young anymore. And they've been waiting and waiting. And now they're going to see something. So... If you got your bulletins, um, you can follow along. Um, notes should be up there as well. But the first, first person is Simeon. And Simeon was waiting for the Messiah, but he was waiting for comfort. Okay? What Simeon was all about was he was waiting for comfort in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was a right who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so here you have this man, Simeon. And he has been waiting. And, and, and he felt and he sensed that God the Holy Spirit told him that he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah. And now he's getting old. you know, But he keeps the faith. And he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, what is that? Consolation means comfort received by a person after a loss or disappointment. And all that Israel had gone through through the captivity with Babylon and just the suffering that they endured, they were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting for the comfort of this Messiah. They were waiting for the consolation of of this Messiah who would come to bring comfort after all they had gone through. And Simeon had been waiting for this coming Messiah. And, and his expectation was just focusing, God, when are you coming to bring comfort to your people? When are you coming? When are you coming? Is it today? Is it tomorrow? Am I really going to be alive? I've been waiting a long time. Am I going to be alive to see the coming of the Messiah? And comfort is something that we all need, right? We all struggle at times with loneliness and emptiness, insecurity, even the you know, desperation at times. In fact, you know, Christmas, the Christmas season is one of the major crises time for, of the year you know, as far as depression and, and suicide. And, and we all need and we long for what Simeon was waiting for, is waiting for comfort and and maybe for some of you right now you know that's what you've been waiting for for christmas there's just there's a need there's this loneliness there's this emptiness and you're waiting for comfort to come in Luke chapter 2 verse 27 the bible says moved by the holy spirit Simeon went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child jesus to do for him What the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And the child's mother and father marveled at what was said about him. And the Holy Spirit prompts Simeon to go into the temple at just the right time, on just the right day. And then he meets and he sees that baby Jesus, now about six weeks old. And, And here he is. And there he recognizes this is the one that he's been waiting for. That right there before his very eyes is the Messiah, is the consolation of Israel. The Messiah that would come and would save and would bring comfort to his people and it would bring comfort into the world to break the hopelessness and to break the fear and the loneliness of all mankind. And there he was. And he says, thank you God, now I can go in peace. And then later on, we meet Anna. And Anna was waiting for the Messiah, but she was waiting for a little different aspect. She was waiting for freedom. For freedom. And in verse 36, it said, there was also this prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. She had been waiting for a long time, too. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then, and then was a widow until she was 84 years old. She never left the temple. She worshipped there night and day. She just stayed there waiting and worshipping, fasting and praying. And the Bible says she's been waiting in that temple for a long, long time. She's been waiting for the Messiah. And in verse 38, coming up to them at that very moment, She gave thanks because she sees Mary and Joseph. And she sees the baby. And she goes up to them. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. See, she was looking for the Messiah who would come to redeem all of Israel. And the word redemption related to the idea of captivity to the people of that day. You know, the Passover, where the Lord passed over the homes in Egypt and all the firstborn died. You remember that story there? And, 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 and the word redemption related to that idea of captivity to the people, you know, to Anna and the people there. And the Passover and the release of Israel from the Egyptian slavery stood in Anna's day as the ultimate. It really was the ultimate Redemption and a symbol of God's power to release captives. And ultimately, the Passover pointed to a day and a redemption where we would see the power of sin broken, and the slavery of sin broken. And when Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God. And she spoke of Him to all who were waiting for redemption. And here at last, after all those years of waiting... Here at last is the one who would save and deliver God's people from their sin and to bring in freedom. And the question is, what are you waiting for this Christmas? You know, what are you waiting for? Jesus came to provide the very thing Simeon and Anna were faithfully waiting for all those years. That God's comfort and God's freedom. And the question is, what are you waiting for? You know, what are you hoping for? Maybe you can relate to Simeon. Maybe you've been hurting. You know, maybe you've been lo- you're lonely. You're just feeling this really sense of emptiness. You know, maybe you're hurt. Maybe you're brokenhearted. Maybe you're in mourning. Someone who you love just passed away. Or something has happened and you're just maxed out now. And you're in the situation and the circumstance where could, you could use, and you've been asking God for comfort, and say, God, man, I could use your comfort right about now. And maybe you've been waiting and wondering, and say, man, God, are you really there? Because I'm just, I'm just messed up here. I'm just waiting. Are you really there? If so, Jesus came. Jesus came to bring you comfort. He came to meet you right where you are, right at the right time. And that's the wonder of Christmas. Or maybe you can relate to, to Anna. You know, maybe you're, you're struggling and you're troubled with guilt this Christmas because of something that you've done or the way that you've been living. And you really want to go, ho, 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 but you just know deep inside, man, I'm a mess. You know, I've messed up. You know, and... And maybe you feel like you've been trapped in a pattern of sin that you can't break out. You know, maybe you've been waiting for freedom from your sister. Man, I just, you know, I've tried to break this habit for a long time. It's just not happening. I need freedom, God. Or maybe you're struggling with unforgiveness. You know, this time of year brings back hurtful feelings of of. of and memories of painful and broken relationships. And you just can't seem to shake off those memories. You know, you just can't seem to shake off the chains of that unforgiveness. And the Bible says that unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And, and that bitterness defiles many. It defiles people. or It defiles your life. And it defiles the people and the relationships around you. And you've tried so hard, you know, to forget. you tried so hard to forgive. And yet you're just stuck in this unforgiveness. And you can feel bitterness creeping in. And, you know, you come to Christmas and instead of just thinking of all the wonderful things, you just can't help shaking that, those, those thoughts. And, yeah, you know what that person did to me or this thing that happened to me. And Jesus came to bring and to give you freedom, you see. That's the miracle of Christmas, that Jesus came to bring comfort. Jesus came to bring freedom. And I believe that the Lord is saying to you and to say to all of us, you know, hey, this year, get Christmas right. Get Christmas right and experience. Don't just hear about. Don't just come to a service and say, yeah, that sounds pretty good but really truly experience God's comfort and his freedom and experience that your Messiah, your Savior, has come. And he's come to set you free and to give you a life that you never dreamed possible. See, that's what Christmas is all about. You know, how wonderful if the gifts you received this year amidst all the other gifts, the gifts that you receive this year is comfort and freedom. I mean, what would be more precious than that? That you would experience true freedom this year. You know? That for the first time, you're going to be set free from habits and things that just mess you up. Or unforgiveness that just keeps you stuck. That keeps you stuck in just this, this painful life you know, what if you got those gifts this year? And I think in this story, we can learn how we can get Christmas right and, and, and experience God's gift to us. And there's three things. First thing is, you know, I believe the Lord is saying to you, become a marveler. Become a marveler. Man, that's hard to say. Marvel-er. <laughs> become a marvel In Luke 23... When Joseph and Mary heard about what Simeon was saying to the baby in their arms, the Bible said that they marveled. That they marveled. To marvel is defined as being filled with wonder, astonishment, and surprise. Take time this Christmas. Make time this Christmas to stop. And to marvel at what Christmas is all about. That God out of his love, his incredible love for us, sent his one and only son to bring freedom and comfort to all of mankind. That Jesus came to bring you freedom and to bring you comfort. That God, out of his love, sent his son Jesus just for you. See? And for some of us, it's like, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. Take time, make time, be a marveler. Marvel at this truth. Marvel at God's love. That's a choice we make, you see. We can just go, yeah, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Or we can really stop and think of what God has done for us. You see, the enemy is going to work extra hard to stop you from really marveling and accepting this amazing truth that God has sent His Son to bring you comfort and freedom. Okay? Don't let Him. That's what we're going to be doing on Christmas Eve. We're going to gather together and we're going to marvel. We're going to worship. We're going to sit at the feet of Jesus And we're going to together, we're going to take time, we're going to stop what we're doing, and we're going to gather together, and we're going to worship. And you know, this year we felt like such a strong sense that God wanted us to gather, that God wanted us to marvel, that we said, you know, last year it was just kind of jam-packed. And it's hard to marvel like this. And so we're going to go over to Hirata Hall. Now, I'm going to tell you something, okay? really honestly. Hirata Hall is not as comfortable as this place. You know, Hirata Hall is, is kind of a tough place. You know, there's these plastic seats that are, you can't move them at all. You know, 12 to a row, you know. It's kind of sterile in a way. The stage area, the, the bottom area, not that great. But I believe God is saying, it doesn't matter where you are. Because it doesn't matter in what situation and what circumstance you find yourself in life, you always can marvel. And the reason we're going there is because we want to make room. We can hold up to 288 people there. I'm praying that it would be filled up with people who would come and marvel. Who would come, let us adore Him. This Christmas, get get Christmas right. And start off by becoming a marveler. And be filled with the wonder of what Christmas has done. Right now, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You know, amongst all the busyness and all the resistance of your heart and your mind, let him sink in that truth. That Jesus came for you. That God is real. Jesus is real. And he came for you. Why did he come? Out of love. Out of love stop and marvel at that the second thing is you become a marveler and then you become a mover become a mover in luke 227 we read that Simeon moved by the spirit he went to the temple courts just at that right time on that right day but he moved out he moved in luke 238 Anna was moved and he came up to the couple. She didn't just sit back. She goes, hmm. And she moved, you know, to see the baby who would be the savior of the world. And seeing what God had, was doing, they moved. In fact, every person in the Christmas story responded to God by moving. You know, there was Mary, moved, when she heard the angel say to her, You know, you're going to have the, a child, going to be by the Holy Spirit, going to be the Savior of the world. And she said, May it be to me as you have said. And she moved out in faith. You know? Last week, we saw how Joseph responded to God and moved into action after having this crazy dream. And as soon as he got up, he set the plan into action. He moved out. He married Mary. And he named the baby Jesus. See, he moved. Um, The shepherds moved and went to Bethlehem to see the miracle of Christmas with their own eyes. He said, you know, we got to go and see. And they moved from their fields and they went out. You see, this Christmas, when God prompts you to do something, be a mover and do it. Whatever it is. It might be something big. It might be something small. But whenever God comes and he prompts you, you've got to be a mover, you know? It might be to accept Jesus as your personal savior this year. That might be the move. Or it might be a move to fully trust God in your life. Maybe you've accepted Christ, but maybe you've never really fully accepted him and trusted him. And maybe this Christmas, this is a time. Well, you're going to say, hey, you know what? This is the time. I've got to either trust God or I'm not going to trust God. There's no middle road here, you know? Either I'm going to believe that God is who he says he is or I'm going to say, no, that's just a fairy tale or whatever it is. There's no middle road. And maybe God is saying, now's the time to fully trust in God in your life. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to be more involved into loving and serving others. Maybe the Lord is saying, hey, there's this, there's this person at work. And they could really use some blessing or some encouragement right now and write them a card. Be a mover this year. When you become a mover and you follow through in obedience to God, you begin to experience Jesus in a greater way. It's just one of those things that happen when you are in sync with what God wants you to do. You begin to experience Jesus in a greater and more personal way, and you experience His comfort and you experience His freedom in a real powerful way as well. See, but it comes when you stop and marvel. It comes when you become when you begin to move out. You know, I just hearing more and more stories. You know, I mean, here's here's Josh, right? What? No angel tree this year? No, no, that's got to be done. And the Holy Spirit moved him into action. See? You know, on, on Friday, Max and Jared and I went over to Scope Out Hirata Hall again. You know, we've been there five weeks earlier this year, in the summer, I believe. And we go in there, and we look, and we go, oh man, maybe we should just have it here. You know, maybe we should just have it here. It would be easier. You know, it, maybe a lot of people aren't going to come. You know, but it'd be a lot easier. We could focus in on what God really wants to do. There's so much work for us to go there. So we prayed. So what do you guys think? We don't know. Talked about it some more. We prayed again. What do you guys think? We don't know. Finally, we we prayed and we felt like, and I believe what God was training us. He wanted us to press in, you know. It wasn't like God, what do you want us to do? Oh, that and we no. Sometimes wants us to be. He wants us to be with Him, in His presence, and we stayed there. And finally, we made a decision. So we gotta go over. There's all those solar panels. Counted up. 35 parking spaces, is that enough? Well, we can double, you know, we can park people along the shops. Can open up that parking lot. You know, it's going to be dark if people are going to be able to see it. You know, a lot of challenges were in the way. But I believe God was saying, are you guys going to be movers? Are you going to take this chance? Are you going to trust me? You know? And in the end, Jared said, well, you know what? Regardless of where we are. You know, God can do what he's going to do. And the answer is, yeah, he can. He will. Yeah. And so we decided we're going to. Even though it would be easier and all that stuff. See, God is asking you. I don't think there's a person here that God is not nudging in some way to be a mover this year. And I believe that he's moving you. And for some of you, it's really to accept Jesus as your Savior this year, this Christmas. For others, I really believe this is the time that things have been going on, and now you're at that point. Can I really fully trust God for everything? And when you begin to move, you know, God's going to bring his comfort and his freedom. For some of you, I know God is going to Bring up people's, you know, bring people to you who are hurting this year. That he wants you to personally do something. It might be as simple as writing a card. It might be as simple as getting them a coffee. It might be something. But I know he's calling all of us to move. Because when we do, I tell you what, we receive all the blessings. We bless others. But man, we experience Jesus in a greater way. We experience his love. We experience his comfort and his freedom. Be a mover <clears throat> this Christmas. And then when you become a marveler and filled with the wonder and the hope of Christmas, you know, it should move you to action. And, and as you move out in obedience and experience the wonder of Christmas and the comfort and the freedom that he brings, it should move you to be a messenger a messenger. See? Looking again at Luke 2.38, we see that Anna gives thanks. Remember, Anna stops. And she gives thanks to God. And then she spoke about Jesus. She prophesied. She was a prophet. And she prophesied to everyone who were in need of a Savior. In need of redemption. And she prophesied about redemption about the need of a savior, And that's what she did. See, do you have family and friends who are in need of a savior or in need of comfort or freedom this year? You know? Get this Christmas right and, and share the great news of Jesus with the people around you. You know? See, I am really excited about this Christmas Eve. Because when there's challenges that we don't normally face, you know, God's getting, trying to get our attention. And I know God's been trying to get our attention. And you know, in years past, I thought, oh man, it's going to be fun. And I believe it is going to be fun. I thought, man, we're going to give away a ham and rice and we're going to, we're going to give away some gift baskets and people are going to go away happy. and happen and the kids, the kids are going to sing and And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, what's the over under as far as Facebook posts, you know, my parents and grandparents, you know, and I thought about, but you know, this year I thought about something else. I thought about all of us gathering together and marveling in God's presence, that God would so meet us that we would have no, no doubt that God is in that place and that we would leave that service in awe of who God is. And we go away and we're just like, wow, that's what Christmas is all about, you see. And so I believe that we're going to experience God in a powerful way on Christmas Eve. And maybe part of being a mover and being a messenger is just inviting people to Christmas Eve. 5.30 to 6.30 and then they can go to, to dinner or their parties after. But their lives will never be the same. People's lives will be eternally changed because of what we do. And I want to encourage you, be a messenger this year. Be a messenger this year. See? That's all we got to do. That's all that is being asked of us. All we do is ask. And if people say, nah, I don't want to go a humbug, that's fine. That's the worst that could happen. But what is the best that could happen this year? See? Be a messenger this Christmas. You know, when you stop and ponder all that God has done for you in sending his son, it should move you to become marvelous. You know, let the wonder of Christmas just astound you. But don't stop there. You know, when you feel the prompts of the Holy Spirit, be a mover. And make a move. you know, Whatever it is. And then, you know, there are people that you know and I know that could use some comfort this year. That could use some, some, some freedom in their life this year. Be a messenger. You see? Be a messenger. So they can find, so they can finally find what they've been waiting for. Jesus is the wonder of Christmas. He's the wonder of Christmas. The truth is, once you have the Son, you have everything. Everything you have, have ever been waiting for, is found in the Son. You know, many years ago, there was this very wealthy man, and he shared a real passion for collecting art with his son. And they had priceless works of art in their house, adorning their walls, you know, Picasso and Van Gogh. And then war broke out, and, and, and the son left to serve his country. But after just a few short weeks, the old man gets this telegram saying that his son had died. And it was just a little bit, you know, just a month or so before Christmas, and, and he thought about the upcoming Christmas holidays and he had this hole in his heart. You know, joy of Christmas, gone, vanished before his very eyes. He lost his beloved son. And then on Christmas morning, there was a knock on his door and he opens the door and there was this this soldier standing there holding this large package and uh, he said, you know, I was a friend of your son. And uh, I was the one he was rescuing when he died. And may I come in for a few moments? I have something to show you. And so the soldier mentioned that he was an artist. Then he opened the package to reveal a portrait of his son to the father. And said, I just so appreciative of for what your son did. That I painted this for you. And... Uh, Overcome with emotion the man just hung this portrait over his fireplace. He pushed aside all the other valuable pieces of art and he would just look at that son, the portrait of his son. And how that friend had captured, you know, the the features of the man's the young man's face in striking detail. And that became his prized possession of all the artwork, you know. Mango, Picasso, Monet, it doesn't matter. This portrait of his son, that's what mattered. Well, spring came and <clears throat> the man passed away. And then the art world got really excited because there was an auction coming up that they're going to auction all his works of art that he had. And they were really looking forward to that. And they found out that, you know, according to the man's will, that this auction would take place on Christmas on Christmas Day. Right? That was meaningful to him. And so the day came and art collectors from all over the world gathered. And the first work of art was there on that easel. And the auctioneer says, all right, we're going to start off with, the pitch, with this work of art. Takes off the, the, um, the cloth. Covering the picture, and it's the picture, the portrait of his son. Who will give $100 for this portrait? And no one's just silenced, right? No one's like, no, we're waiting for the good stuff, you know? Anybody, you know, and then someone said, you know, who cares about that painting? You know, it's just a picture of his son. Let's move on to the, to the valuable work of art, you know? And he says, no, the auctioneer says, no, no, no. Part of the will is we need to auction this one first. anyone, anyone. Hundred dollars. Finally, someone says, I will offer ten dollars because you know, I know, knew the old man and I knew this was important to him. I knew the son. I'll offer ten dollars. To which the auctioneer says, Okay, going once, going twice. And he says, Gone, ten dollars is yours. And everybody <laughs> clapped, Yay! Now let's get on to the good stuff, you know. Now it's time to get on to those valuable work of art. To which the auctioneer replied, it's over. The auction's done. And people go, what? No, 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 no. What about all those works of art? What about all those? You know, we've come here for those. The auction has just started. It's not over. And the auctioneer replied, it's very simple. According to the will of the Father, whoever takes the Son gets it all. Yeah, whoever takes the son, gets it all. And that's the story about the message of Christmas. See? Because of the father's love, because of the father's will, whoever takes his son, gets it all. See? He gets it all. You know, get this Christmas right this year and take the son, Take the sun. Marvel at the wonder of it all. You know, marvel at what and why Jesus came to earth. And then move in obedience to his leading. And then be a messenger and share this amazing gift with others. See, whoever takes the sun gets it all. If you've never taken the son, will you take him this Christmas? You know, if you've never, ever taken the son, will you take him this Christmas? We're going to pray right now. And, and let this Christmas be this time, and let today be the day in which you're going to take his son. And you're going to experience the life, the comfort, and the freedom, and everything, all that God has for you. Let today be the day when you make the decision, I've been kind of waffling on this, kind of waffling on this. You know, I, I said I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But I know I have not fully trusted Him. Let today be the day you're all in. You're all in. Because whoever takes the Son, you know, gets it All right, why don't you stand with me and let's pray. <clears throat> I so love oh God the Holy Spirit because He does something in our lives and in our hearts. And He doesn't smash us on the head. He just tugs at our hearts. And I know that God is tugging on your heart today. And for some of you, it's scary. Can I really trust this God? Just remember Whoever takes the sun gets it all. Yeah. Don't let today pass if God is tugging on your heart. all right. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray that if you've never accepted Jesus in your life, that you just pray along with me. If you've been waffling, you just pray along with me. Okay, But let's pray. And let's get Christmas right this year. Let's pray. Father, we we marvel at your love for us. And maybe for some of us, we really do want to marvel. But we we can't get past our doubts. I pray, God, today, you would break through. If you've never accepted Jesus, you just pray along with me. Heavenly Father, break through my doubts. Break through my hurts. Break through my fears. Break through my unforgiveness. Break through all the things that have hindered me from really looking at you for who you are. That you are God's own son. Come to earth for me. To be my savior, to bring comfort and to give me freedom. And I accept you, Jesus, today as my Savior. Will you come into my life and be my Savior today? Fill my life with joy. Fill my life with comfort. Break through the things that need to be broken through and bring me freedom today. Thank you for being my Savior. For some of us, it's just... We're gonna go all in. You know. So let's pray. You know, Father, I've been kinda waffling. You know, just I wanna believe. There are days I wanna believe, there are days and like not just cannot believe. And I've been kinda in this white knuckle Christianity for a while. And today I make a decision. Because I feel your tug and I know that you are tugging on my heart. Today I make a decision that I'm all in. That I'm going to move past my fears. I'm going to move past my doubts. I'm going to move past everything that have hindered me from fully, fully accepting you and trusting you for everything in my life. And I'm going to grab hold. I'm taking the sun today. Fully and totally. Will you come into my life and bring me the freedom that only you can bring? the comfort that only you can give. Father, I pray today would be a day which I will look back and say, today was a day of freedom for me. And Father, for all of us, that when you tug on our hearts, I pray for these next few days, that we would be movers. And that we would move out in obedience to you. Whether it be to to encourage someone, whether it be to do something or to do, say something or to, whatever it is, God, I pray we would be movers this year. And I pray in the next few days that you would give us the courage and the love to share your wonder with everybody we know and that we'll bring them along with us to Hirata Hall on Christmas Eve where together we're going to marvel at the wonder of what you've done for us. I pray that these next few days would be the most special days of all of Christmas. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.